are listening to Our Anxiety Stories, the Anxiety Canada podcast with John Bateman. Check out anxietycanada.com for more totally free anxiety resources, including our app MindShift CBT. My next guest here is Rosemary Young, who's an Anxiety Canada Youth Volunteer Coordinator. Hi, Rosemary. Hi, how are you? Rosemary or Rosemary? Rosemary. Rosemary. Okay. I'm doing fine. How are you doing? Pretty good. Good, good. Um, tell me, uh, Rosemary, what's your anxiety story? Yeah, um, so I'm 21 now. Uh, I've had anxiety for in different forms uh, throughout most of my life. Uh, so when I was younger, I did have a phobia of dogs. Um, and then uh, when I was kind of a young preteen, I guess, I, I did develop uh, an eating disorder. And then, um, but all of uh, my uh, experiences with anxiety have kind of gone in waves. Um, and then it wasn't, uh, it was when I went to university, I'm in fourth year now, that um, I think I experienced my most difficult bout with anxiety. So um, because I kind of had considered myself an expert uh, on anxiety by that time, um, I didn't really recognize what I was going through. When I hit uh, second year, I got really scared. Um, so basically, um, currently I experience uh, intrusive thoughts when I get really stressed. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of on the spectrum of OCD. Yeah. Um, but I had no idea what that was. And I really I experienced a lot of anxiety in relation to those thoughts. Of course. Um, and so... Yeah, just when I was kind of experiencing that for the first time, um, I just, yeah, I was struggling a lot and didn't really know uh, what to do or how to overcome it because I hadn't uh, gone through that type of anxiety before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, but I was ended up uh, finding after, like, lots of support from friends, um, a psychologist that kind of helped me recognize and understand what it was and that, you know, it was normal or for what I had and um, yeah so I just use uh, CBT to kind of manage it and yeah right and and wh- where did you first learn about CBT as a tool for, for managing your anxiety um, yeah I think I learned about it uh, first when I was actually going through the eating disorder I had uh, I remember seeing um, a psychologist at uh a hospital, like an IWK uh, clinic program that I was going through, and Mm -hmm. uh, they did CBT with me, and they actually also introduced me to the Anxiety BC website um, to use as like a supplementary tool, which is now Anxiety Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you, do you use the uh, MindShift app with Anxiety Canada? Yeah, I do. uh, uh, I use it once in a while. Um, I like the breathing techniques a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, uh, the component that allows you to like kind of go through your thoughts and challenge them and just take time to really, uh, think them through is also a really good tool. Mm -hmm. Tell me about your work with Anxiety Canada as a youth volunteer coordinator. What's, what do you, what's that entail? Um, yeah, I just started actually, uh, this summer. So basically, um, now I've kind of overcome a lot of uh, the anxiety that I was uh, just talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of being in a much better space, I was looking for uh, an organization to kind of t- 
to volunteer for um, and kind of have an impact on campus as well and just raise awareness about the different types of anxiety disorders. So Mm -hmm. um, because I had heard about Anxiety BC previously, I started, um, I looked on their website and they had uh, an opportunity that they're just starting up called the National Youth Committee. Right. And so um, what that is, is they're trying to develop uh, youth networks across Canada um, to kind of create uh, youth volunteers, a network of youth volunteers that are ambassadors for Anxiety Canada mm-hmm. um, to raise awareness about the different types of anxiety disorders, um, to connect students and non-students to uh, different resources, um, And so, yeah, I started as a member on the youth committee, so Mm -hmm. that's kind of helping build out those national network, Mm -hmm. the national network. Mm -hmm. And then um, I just became, along with the other co-lead, a youth volunteer coordinator. So that's just um, leading, I guess, helping lead the effort of building out these national, the national youth network. Right. Um, And and is that, do you find that a challenge in terms of, you know, you're probably, I think you might be one of the younger people I've spoken to today, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, and so I guess, you know, I have a lot of curiosity about your age and about how, you know, your, your, your generation and your peers, how you are open about anxiety or not open about or mental health, Um, you know, uh, if you could enlighten me a little bit on where you guys are, where, where you guys where your generation, whatever the label is on your generation, mm-hmm. I don't know what you guy, what you are. Yeah. Uh, um, is it something that is prevalent uh, in your in your peer groups, people you know that, that people talk about mental disorders, uh, mm-hmm. or is it are people still pretty quiet? How does that how's that working? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think uh, anxiety, ge- like speaking generally, anxiety and mental health and depression are almost, um, they're pretty much talked about, uh, pretty regularly, I'd say in at least my peer groups. Um, mm-hmm. but the thing is, uh, specific anxiety disorders and kind of things outside of the normal heightened stress and what you normally expect of anxiety and depression, they aren't really talked about. Right. Um, So, for example, someone going through something that might not fit into what you typically hear in media um, about depression or anxiety, you wouldn't know what you're going, what um, you were going through, because those really aren't, um, I find, personally, uh, advertised or talked about Mm -hmm. in a lot of the mental health initiatives you see either on campus Mm -hmm. um, or in, like, youth uh, initiatives. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a really big thing that needs to be more talked about and normalized. And mm-hmm. um, just I think it's important for us, like, as youth to be really educated about, like, the wide um, range of mental health and anxiety challenges that exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, what, what, a question that, that has come up with me with some other guests and, and that I think about, I've got a daughter who's 17 and I've got a boy mm-hmm. who's uh, 14. And, um, you know, they're both very wired. Um, they yeah. both have their devices. And your, yours is really the first generation to grow up with these things kind of attached to, to your person. Um, and yeah. I don't mean that in a derogatory sense. I mean, they, no, are, they are part of, your, of who you are. That's, that's just part of your gear. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess I'm wondering, you know, with, 
within that how much you know do, do you feel that that is there is there a pro effect of, of that of you know this everybody being able to connect with everybody all the time or is there a con effect when it comes to uh, you know, mental health, you know, because on the one hand you hear about cyber bullying and exclusion and all that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. I can't really speak to all the different apps that are used. On the other hand, you hear about it using, being used to communicate with one another in your experience. Um, how has technology affected, affected your, uh, you know, your view of mental health, uh, mental health issues? Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, it's done a bit of both. Like I have seen two sides of it, the really positive side um, in terms of advocacy, like uh, in the circles that I run in and the people that I kind of follow on my uh, social media, I think there's a lot of advocates of kind of uh, mental health issues and just in general, people are pretty open, which I think is good because for me at least, and I think for some others that I know, um, it helps normalize it in the sense that um, you feel like what you're going through um, is relatable and and that's Mm -hmm. important because then you don't feel so isolated. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, uh, social media and just phones and and other technology in general, um, I think can be kind of problematic when you, because it's so hard not to compare yourself to the people um, that you follow and the people that you're connected with, then yeah. I think in terms of comparing your life to theirs, I think that for me, at least that has been the source of anxiety. Before. Well, I, I um, think what people have to realize with that, because I experience it too, you know, mm-hmm. um, Facebook, I'm, I'm Facebook generation. I mean, I'm assuming yeah. you're more, <laughs> which is an old, we're like, I'm on an, Facebook too. <laughs> we're an antiquated generation, but my daughter's is definitely uh, Snapchat, you know, those ones. Um, yeah. But, you know, of course, I, I see what, what friends post and what they're doing. And there's such, the, the voice, the negative voice that happens is so quiet um, it, within me, but it's so damaging. And I don't know. I, I can realize that. I'm older. I, you know, I can shut it down. Do you think kids are understanding that, that there is that voice that maybe they, even, though, even though they don't hear it, it is still speaking to them? Do you think they know that that's happening? Hmm. No, I'm not sure. Um, I think I would like to think a lot of people do, but I feel like there's especially people younger younger than me um, don't necessarily, may not necessarily have that voice because even it's what they've grown up with from an even younger age. Yeah, um, yeah. And so I think, yeah, there needs to be definitely an education piece Um from either the uh, social media networks themselves or just um, schools mm-hmm. um, on how kind of social media or other uh, forms of technology can feed into mental health issues and that um, it's important to, it, it's all, it, can be, it is really fun to look at uh, what your peers are doing, but mm. um, it's not everything and social media isn't necessarily representative uh, doesn't necessarily represent the reality of the people uh, that you see lives. So that's yeah. just important perspective to have. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, uh, just a quick question. We've got about 30 seconds to a minute left, but okay. I, I just, that's okay. Just one question. Um, how do you feel the, you know, your social interactions with your friends, um, on, on, uh, you know, over your devices versus in real life? Do you feel like 
it's a substitute for one or do you feel like that real life interaction is still kind of the way to go? I definitely feel like real life interaction is still the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like being able to connect with my friends over uh, text, social media, because uh, we can support each other even when we're far yeah. away, but yeah. uh, nothing replaces like our in-person uh, catch ups and connections, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Rosemary, I really appreciate you calling in, um, you know, somebody of your age too. Um, it makes a huge difference and it makes a huge difference to everybody out there, people who are your age who may be listening to understand that there's resources here, that there's people that are in their peer groups the same ages that are affected by it and who are working on it. So your voice is incredibly important. I really appreciate you being on with me today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. Anytime. Take care, Rosemary. Okay. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Our Anxiety Stories, the Anxiety Canada podcast with John Bateman. Check out anxietycanada.com for more anxiety resources, including our app MindShift CBT. And if you like what you hear, please consider making a donation. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Until next time.